0: Hello, and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corrin
1: And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist.
0: And today's question is, do you feel lucky?
1: Oh, and how lucky do you feel?
0: And this came about because how do you know when it's appropriate to ask for chiropractic and hands-on help, and who are the likely candidates for it making a difference. The other day, going back two months, as time flies, I received a call from someone whose dog had literally not been able to stand up and there was a hind end paralysis there was no ability to push off. There was knuckling behind. And oh, the dog was five years... Well, the first yeah. day, it was one. Oh. It was the just the two hind legs. The oh, day okay. they brought oh,
1: the day, oh, him to, yes. to us,
0: uh, which was four weeks later, the condition had progressed to include one of the front limbs. And they did what the right thing to do was. They They took him to the vet. He was put on medication. And there was no response, only five years old, 270 pounds. So we're talking big dog. After no response to the meds, the vet recommended acupuncture, also appropriate. Unfortunately, it did not get the intended results. The dog was not able to rise up. The dog was not able to hold any weight if it was assisted up. And this was becoming a life-threatening situation.
1: And it's always difficult when you have those big dogs because, you know, you have a little dog and it goes two-legged paralyzed or three-legged paralyzed. You pick it up and you carry it around and you can do stuff with it. When you've got a 170-pound dog that goes down in a hind den, that, that becomes a, you know, it becomes an issue for the handler. I mean, who can pick up a dog that heavy and just carry them outside or carry them around or take it, you know, just even taking them to the vet becomes a major issue because you have to find a way to get them into the car comfortably. You don't want to hurt them and they're like, can be like dead weight when they get like that. So it's a very difficult situation to be in.
0: And if you're lucky enough to have the assistance to be able to get them out so that they can evacuate. Fortunately, in this case, there was no bladder or bowel paresis. So there wasn't a survival-level issue. But there was because, as as Dave was saying, there are very few humans who can carry around a dog that size. And even in this case, it took two to three of us to get him out of the car and to... Be able to get him into a position to be evaluated. And the question for you, either as a practitioner or as the um, person responsible for an animal like this, is is chiropractic appropriate? You know, is that a call you want to make? And I will have to say that when I got the call, I said, I have absolutely no idea because my first guess was that there was some form of stroke, and that is definitely a veterinary consideration. Because they'd already done due diligence, they'd already had diagnostics, they'd already had medical treatment, and they'd already used another alternative, their veterinarian is the one who suggested, because they did not want to give up on this lovely guy, that they see what would happen. And so they took the hour-long trip to get him into our care,
1: and you know, this is—it's a difficult call for some people. You know, they've got to load this heavy dog up into a car, and they're—they're not—they're uh, not—they weren't young,
0: right? And not—not
1: well, not necessarily in shape either.
0: But the dedication,
1: exactly, is what. Really
0: allows people to make that call to, when I first had the opportunity to be hands-on on humans, back in the very early 80s, I wanted to name my practice the house of last resort. So I am very comfortable saying, I'll put my hands on, I will detect whether there's any sign of improper function, mobility from a biomechanical standpoint restore that motion, and see what the body does with it. It
1: comes down to intent. You had this very specific intent. And that specific intent really shows through in what you do.
0: Well, the best part was, you know, it's the, their response was, what do we have to lose? My response was, let me see if I have the tools to make a difference with this dog. And, you know, miracles happen. Uh, whether through our hands or how, how some of these things happen is a bit outside the awareness of, of my scientific awareness of the process. Because if what you're doing as a practitioner is finding areas of restricted, restricted intersegmental mobility and you restore motion... And know that when you restore motion, you are stimulating interoceptors and mechanoreceptors and sending different messages to the brain and allowing the optimal movement, the optimal healing for that animal in that space and time. Interestingly enough, it was at the upper cervical, right where his head met his spine, that I found the biggest area of concern. The owner immediately said, you know That's what I thought. That's what I felt. Most of the therapeutic considerations prior to this were at the lumbosacral junction where the paralysis was most evident. So that being said, adjusted the entire spine and then did some kinesthetic cueing. And by that, I mean, we used some kinesiology tape to say to the brain, hey, you have legs, do you think you might be able to notice that fact and give us a hand here getting this large body up?
1: Yeah, sometimes you just need to wake up that nervous system again. Sometimes it's like it, it, it shuts itself off or turns, its, turns the volume down or something.
0: Well, and the beauty is it had only been four weeks, not as some cases has happened with us for years post-trauma that we are finally uh, asked to put hands on.
1: And then you have atrophy, then muscular atrophy, which is almost as bad as the neurological atrophy.
0: And what was fascinating with him is he had significant atrophy, Uh, pretty pretty quick onset, losing, you know, it takes a lot of work to keep those muscles on those very, very large lumbering dogs toned. And so a month of not using them there there was a lot of uh, flab there and an, no overweight, you know, just no tone whatsoever. So there we go. Adjust the atlas, adjust the spine, mobilize the legs. There was um, some tonus. So therefore, when, when I pinched, I did get a pain response. When I pushed the legs up, there was some resistance. So there was feedback to my brain saying, Yeah, yeah, Deluca, you got potential. (laughs) (laughs) And lo and behold, first visit, um, did the kinesthetic cueing by putting tape around the bottom of the legs, right as the paw, right above the level of the paw, and on the abdomen to cue the core. And he stood up and walked back to
1: the car. Unbelievable! It was incredible. Wobbly.
0: Quite wobbly, but all of us looked at him like we were on can camera Literally, like, how is it that for four weeks you couldn't even stand up, and now you are ambulating absolutely fine? And that was day one.
1: And, you know, I, you know I've, I've, I've said this I don't know how many times. I guess the reason I bring it up again is because I, I – Heard a part of a Joe Rogan podcast the other day, and he had a guest on, and they were just berating chiropractic and talking about, oh, it's not scientific, it's not this, it's not that. You can't, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. Please, I, I wish he could just follow us around for a day and see the miracles. Because here you have an an animal. It's there's no belief system blocking anything no placebo effects either works or it doesn't here's a 170 pound dog carried in carried in and in 20 minutes walks out the door
0: yeah and it's not a coincidence and it's not actually a miracle and when we don't have the ability to do double-blinds and placebos because there are no two alike. And this isn't taking place in a laboratory. This is taking place in real life. And this happens to most of us in the profession, whether coming from a veterinary or a chiropractic with that uh, original education. Those people who are out there doing Hands on work, PT, DC, DVM, VMD. See this every single day and it never gets old. So, fast forward one week, he is getting up on his own, not quite able to ambulate out of the house and in the house, no step up, step down. So, we ramped it up a little bit and we added a little PEMF and we did some fascial blading and we You know, were able to stimulate the nervous system a bit more and fast forward.
1: And they did have a house that was full of wood floors and tile floors, which is probably about the worst thing you can have for a large dog. So they ended up, they just went out and bought rugs, a bunch of rugs, and put rugs everywhere, which is really going to help all the other animals that they have as well. But when you have an animal that's down like that, Slippery floors are the hardest thing that makes it 10 times more difficult for them to try to get out.
0: Traction matters. Traction Traction matters. matters. If you've ever stepped on black ice, you know. Traction matters. And slippery, we call it four paws, four directions. And none of them are good. So as we fast forwarded, a week, he's then ambulating better. Two weeks later, he's getting up and down on his own. Last week, he... The videos they send, you cannot tell that this dog ever had an issue. And the amazing piece to this is that you have people, owners, dedicated to the well-being of the animal, practitioners on every level, dedicated to the well-being of the animal and not having the attitude, which we see so often, that if I can't help you, no one can help you. If we can't help, the first thing we'll say to someone is, this isn't the right approach. Perhaps someone with another discipline will have a more appropriate, you know, ability to help you under these circumstances. To open up your minds, both as a practitioner and as a uh, owner, to say, unless I've tried everything out there, I haven't given it my all. And we we get along very well with most other practitioners of all different disciplines because we. it takes a village.
1: It takes a village. And yeah. we've heard that. We've talked about that before over and over again, that sometimes it's not one person. It's a group of people, the acupuncturist, the chiropractor, the massage therapist, the communicator, the veterinarian, I, I and mean, you can go on and on and on with the different types of therapies and practitioners that you can use, but sometimes it takes that village to find the right thing that just makes it, that puts it over the top, that just that one last thing that really makes it better.
0: I love that I have so many vets on speed dial where I'm looking at something and go, okay, this doesn't smell right to me. Literally, if they're acupuncturists, they know what I mean by that. I'm seeing things that are putting up my my red flag, going, this needs possibility of surgical intervention. And by us all working together and not giving up on the dogs that have the ability to heal. Sometimes we know when it's outside the realm of anyone we know. And then that's the other conversation where I have been willing and we have been willing to say, I think you've done all you can. Now you look into yourself and see if you can let go. So I don't believe that it is in animals' best interest to be kept going no matter what. That's always between the relationship of the, of the person who's the caretaker and that animal. That being said, it is so worth it to look outside what you're ordinarily exposed to and this dog named lucky was certainly a lucky man he's going to be in the front flap of the new canine mobility book that is heading to the printers as we speak because he inspired us
1: look for look for that lucky so they're out there
0: i hope today you are feeling lucky you are feeling all the possibilities and that whether you're there as a practitioner or someone who receives the care, always give it your all and expect to be lucky. I'm Dr. Wendy Corin.
1: I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist.
0: And this has been an Equiline podcast.